You're listening to a podcast by Home Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast challenges you, inspires you, and most of all, helps you find home in Jesus. Enjoy the message. If you brought your Bible with you, you can get that out. We're going to look at John chapter 15 today. John 15. And if you didn't bring your Bible, that's okay. I'll have some of the, the scriptures up here on the screen for you. John chapter 15. We're looking at a a popular passage in Scripture where Jesus talks about the importance of abiding. And whenever that early morning, whenever I was in my quiet time and God put this word abide on my heart for our church, he led me directly to John 15. And there's a lot in here. We're just going to scratch the surface today and catch some of the vision behind what God wants to do in our lives personally. But before we do, let's read it in context, and then we'll go through and kind of look at exactly what it means. The first thing, though, is we need to realize what does abide what does abide mean? And even if we look at some of the original Greek, one of the best translations that I've seen is this. Abide means to remain as one. To remain as one. To remain as one with Christ. He says that we are called to be in Christ everywhere that we go. So we remain in him. Not to drift from him. Not to say, well, I want to do this today or I don't want to do that today. But no, God, what do you have for me to do today? God, where do you want me to go today? Who can I pray for today? What, what do you have for me? To remain as one. Another one in the Greek lexicon that I loved, it was speaking, it was talking about this passage. It said this, when something has established itself permanently within my soul, and it always exerts its power in me. I love that. It establishes itself permanently. What? Remain, never to leave, and always exerts its power in me. That's what God wants to do. That's God's desire for every believer is to abide daily, every single day that we remain throughout the day, abide in him. What is that? To remain as one, to walk in unity with Christ and that his power would be constantly at work in and through our lives. Not sometimes, not on Easter, man, God's power was really moving. No, every day he wants to move. He wants to do something. There's people that we walk past every day that he says, man, I want to touch their life if his people would be willing to see them and to move on his behalf. He always wants his power moving in you. But what God, I saw this quote, and I can't remember where where it was, so I can't show you whose whose quote it was, but this just rang so true when I read it the first time, is that, that many people are visiting Jesus on Sunday, but they're not abiding in him every day. And it's dangerous because visiting in America feels like abiding. I'm visiting Jesus, but I'm not abiding. And we're going to see, well, how do we know if we're abiding? We're going to look at it. Let's look at John 15, starting in verse 1. It says this. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Everyone say much fruit. Much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, He is cast out as a branch and is withered. 
And they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. A lot of abiding in there, right? Abide in me, I in you, abiding. Must be important if Jesus said it that many times, right? Abide. The first thing he shows us is this, though. He reveals the heart of the Father to us and to his disciples. If you're taking notes, you can fill, this, fill in the blank right here. The first one is this. The vine dresser lifts up and prunes. It's the first thing Jesus shows us. God is the vine dresser, right? He says, the Father's the vine dresser. Jesus said, I am the vine. And the believers are the branches. The vine dresser lifts up and prunes. Let me show you what this means. Well, let's read those verses again, one through three. He said, Jesus said, I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch, look at this, in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. The first thing he says is takes away. Every branch, let me see here. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. A more accurate translation would be to lift up. If you look at it in the original language, it means to lift up. Because what we see is we see a contrast between here and later on in these verses. Where Jesus is is showing us, look, Everyone that's in me, what is that? Abiding. Well, how can I be abiding but not bearing fruit? If I'm abiding, I'm doing my part. Man, I'm, God, I'm trusting in you. I'm seeking you. I'm coming after you. But what Jesus is showing us here is that every, these vines, let me paint a picture. These vines were, were they would grow upright and they would grow across and, and, and from kind of beam to beam, if you will. And they would grow, but they had to be up high to get oxygen, to get light. But what happens is something would come. A storm would come. Something would come and hit them, and a vine would fall off. It would still be connected, but it would fall into the dirt. And when the vine would get into the dirt, it didn't have enough oxygen. It would, it would lose its leaves. It was still connected, but it would lose its leaves, and it could never produce fruit. And what Jesus is showing us here as we look into it, lifts up. Well, it's not that the Father is waiting for us to throw us into hell. He's saying, no, if you're doing your part, if you're seeking me, even when those seasons of life where the devil comes and he knocks you off and you fall into the dirt and you feel like you're down and out, what's the heart of the Father? He's not here to kick you while you're down or to throw you into hell. The heart of the Father is this. Are you still still connected to me? If so, hey, let me put you in a place. Let me lift you up and put you in a place where you will produce fruit. That's the heart of the Father. He's not here to kick you while you're down. The only reason a connected branch cannot produce fruit is if it's been knocked down. And there will be seasons in life where the devil wants to throw you down into the dirt. But what do you have to do? Be in him. Branch in me, even if it's not producing fruit, what? He says, I will lift you up so that you can produce fruit. The Father wants to lift you up. But here's the second one, prunes. He says he wants to prune you. God rewards all growth with pruning. And we don't like this, <laughs> right? I see some people out there like, yeah, I've been there, right? Man, God's showing me a lot. God's stretching my faith, whatever it may be. But God rewards all growth with pruning. Pruning in the kingdom is not punishment, though. 
It's not punishment. That's where people get mistaken. They look at, look at the story of, of Jonah and, and the whale, right, getting swallowed up. Well, what happened? Jonah was running in the opposite direction of God. That's why he got swallowed by the whale. Now, God used the whale to set him back on track. But it's not that God was punishing him. God was pruning. Look at how did he do this with the disciples? God, God wants to prune us and you and me. Why? So that we can create more fruit, so that there's room for more growth in our lives. But what does this look like? What does it actually look like? Jesus, he slips this in here in such a unique way here in verse 3. He says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. He slips it in here. Well, how does he prune us? Clean and prune in the original language are the basic same word. They're very, very similar. So what Jesus is showing is Jesus was declaring to his disciples that they were already pruned because of the word he had spoken to them. So they followed him, right? They were with him. And as they went, what do we know? They made mistakes, right? They, they, didn't, have, uh, they didn't have faith in, in, a, in an instant. They, they didn't see things the way Jesus did in an instant. They wanted to call down fire to knock these people out over here because they were doing things that they didn't agree with. And Jesus, what, he had to step in and say, he had to step in and say hang on, let me reveal my heart to you. Prune. He was pruning them. What did he do? He didn't have to yell at them. He didn't have to scream at them. He pruned their values. He pruned their perspective. And he pruned their faith to align with his so that they could produce his fruit and that they could be more fruitful. They aligned their values, their perspective. Well, you know, the disciples are praying for this boy, and he's demon-possessed, and they're praying, and he's ceasing, and, and I don't know, God, we prayed for them, Jesus, we prayed for them, and why couldn't we heal the boy? And Jesus comes in, and he says, because of your, lack of your, because of your unbelief. What's he saying? Your perspective is wrong. You see a sick boy who's ceasing. I see a healed son. Your perspective, prune. Their faith. Jesus, we're in the middle of the storm. We're going to die out here. Do you not even care? You're sleeping. Calms the storm, turns around. Where's your faith? Do you know who, do you know who I am? Do you know the power that you have through me? Now you do, pruned. He pruned their values, their perspective, their faith, so they could produce more fruit. Where do we see this for us? Look at Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Yeah, the sword of the, God's word is the sword of the spirit against our enemy, but it also works to prune us on the inside and it cuts deep sometimes. The intent, our thought and intents of our heart, the deepest part of us, he wants to prune what our values, our faith, our perspective. We see things the way that I do. So what does the vine dresser do? Abiding is so important because it allows the vine dresser, our heavenly father, to come in, to come in and whenever we are knocked down in life, he says, let me lift you up and put you in a place where you can produce fruit. Side note, where does he do? He puts you with other vines. He doesn't isolate you, right? When I'm knocked down, he doesn't pick me up and put me over here by myself. He says, let me put you around some other healthy that you can grow with. That's the local church. That's why it's important to be in church. The vine dresser lifts you up in a time of need. He prunes you to make you 
more fruitful, just like him. So if anything, why do I, why do I need to abide in Christ for those two things? Because I'm going to get knocked down sometime, but I got I to have a Heavenly Father who's going to pick me up. I need some pruning so I can be more fruitful, which is point number two is this. Abiding produces fruit. Hopefully we saw this right in there. <laughs> he said it a million times. Abiding produces fruit. One of the biggest mistakes, we talked about this a little bit earlier, one of the biggest mistakes is people say, well, I just need to work on getting more patient. I need to be more kind to people. I need more love to my spouse. I need to have more self-control this week. I'm going to try harder this week. But those are all fruits of the Spirit. I'm, I, can't work, I can't get better fruit if I'm working on fruit. I can only get better fruit if I'm working on the root of the issue, where I'm connected to. Abiding produces fruit. If we need more love in our world, we have to abide. If I need more self-control in my life, I need to abide. If I need peace in my home, I need to abide, not strive for peace. You're missing it. We have to abide. Let's look at it. John 15, 14 through 6. It says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. What kind of fruit are we talking about? We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, but what is that? It's Christ-likeness. There's not a bunch of different fruits of the Spirit. It's all Christ. It's all Jesus. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is love. He is the ultimate self-control. He is everything. If I ever want things, I need more Jesus in my life. I have to be more connected to him. The fruit of the Spirit is Christ-likeness. So if I'm abiding, what is it producing? Most importantly, it's being more like Christ. I'm being more like him. In fact, Galatians 5, 22, 23, these are the fruits of the Spirit. It says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The thing we have to realize is this, not rooted in Jesus is a Band-Aid. It's not a cure. Any other form of these, not rooted in Jesus is a band-aid. It is not a cure. And that's what's going on in right now. Because we've tried to be more loving on our own. I'm going to try to love people better as a nation. But what is that? If it's not rooted in Christ, I'm putting a band-aid over a wound. And here in a few months, here in another year or so, the devil's going to come along and he's going to rip that band-aid off and say, nope, still there. We didn't cure it at all. If it's not rooted in Jesus, it's not a cure. The only way to cure the wound is abiding. I have to abide. The goal is for all believers to walk in the power and the character of Jesus. And this is why through the power of the Holy Spirit, God produces a different kind of lifestyle in the believer. I, I should be living differently when I'm abiding. I should be producing these fruits in my life when I'm abiding. I should look drastically different than the world around me. But Jesus made a very strict statement in here when he says, without me, you can do nothing. That should, that should catch our eye, right? Without you, without Jesus, I can do nothing. What Jesus says here, he says, we can do nothing without him. What's amazing is 10 chapters earlier in John, Jesus reveals that he can do nothing without the Father. 
10 chapters earlier. So what is he showing us? He's showing us that he's trying to get you and me and bring you and me into the same dependency that he lives in. Jesus said, I do nothing on my own. I only do what the Father does, what he says. And he says, now you need to do the same as what I've done. Do the same as what I've done. It doesn't mean that we're physically doing nothing, right? It doesn't mean that without Jesus, I'm going to sit at home and eat Cheetos and watch TV all day. That's not it. It's, it's more than that. It's that I'm going to be striving in my life, and it's all going to be for nothing. Man, I'm getting ahead at work. Man, I'm getting promotion. I, I'm, I'm putting a lot back in savings. I'm getting this degree. But are you abiding in him? Am I abiding Today, he's going to say, well, you got this far, and you did a lot of things, but you weren't abiding. And he talks about that, and he talks about how that will be burned up, and we'll see what's left with what you did with what you were given. The last thing he says is this, if you do not abide in me, you are cast out. You are cast out. When a branch is no longer connected, it just becomes a stick just becomes a stick. And here's where it gets real. Many Christians, many people live their lives as sticks. What does that mean? They got the same shape as a branch, but they're dead inside. Not physically dead, spiritually dead. What does that mean? Separated from God. Something separated me, parted me from him. What is it? It's visiting Jesus, but not abiding. I look good on the inside. Look like I got it together but I'm not abiding in the life of Jesus. He talks about this in Matthew 7 when he says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Look at this. Only those who actually do the will in heaven will enter. Matthew 7, 21. Visiting Jesus on Sundays is not enough. He is expecting and he's looking for fruitfulness. Do you have fruit of abiding? Fruitfulness is the test of abiding. It's the proof that we're abiding. And the last one is this. We'll wrap up with this. Abiding reveals discipleship. Abiding reveals discipleship. In John 15, 7 through 8, he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. As we look at that verse, he's showing us that true, genuine disciples abide in him. But there's a key part. Abide in him, but he says, my words abide in you. And a good question to ask myself is, does God's word have a resting place in me? Do you have any place for it in your heart? Is it, is it lodged there, living there, hidden there, dwelling there? Or whenever life happens, do you got to go look up a verse to stand on? Or is it in there? It's God's word hidden in your heart. And then he takes it a step further. He says, if it is, ask whatever you desire. I'm say it again. Ask whatever you desire. When we abide, we naturally pray for things that the Father wants to respond to. So I can be over here and I can be praying, 
that, man, I'm going to be, by the time I turn 30, I'm going to be six foot three. And I'm going to dunk a basketball, man. I'm, by faith, I'm going to be praying it in. But when I'm abiding in Jesus, I pray for things that really change the world. Change my world, my family's world, but the world. And he wants to answer them. Look at 1 John 5, 14 through 15. This is the new living it says, and we, we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him or ac- that's according to his will. And since we know that he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. God doesn't just answer any whim of a prayer out there because he will not answer a prayer that undermines his purpose. He's not going to answer a prayer that undermines his purpose. What's his will? Good news, it's not a mystery. It's his word. I don't have to wonder, well, is it the will of God? What's his word say? It'll tell you. (laughs) It'll give you some insight, some direction in how to pray and what to pray. When we abide in Christ, our prayers then are effective and we glorify God with our fruit bearing. I now have effective prayers. I'm so confident when I'm praying. Why? Because I'm abiding in him every day And I know that when I pray, I'm praying according to his will. He hears me, he wants to answer me, and he wants to move on my behalf. So do you see the importance of abiding? It's everything. It's everything. It connects us not just to Jesus, but allows us to have unlimited access to the vine dresser, our heavenly father. He wants to produce fruit in your life. He wants to do amazing things in your life. But it's not just about abiding as a church. That is part of the vision of our church was this, that at Abide Church, we want to help people live, love, and look like Jesus. To live, love, and look like Jesus. Why? Because if we had a lot more of that going on, our world would look crazy different. Not just in character, but in power to live, love, and look like Jesus. Holy Spirit power. In fact, 1 John 2, 6 says this, if we say we abide in Jesus, we ought to walk just walked. If I say I'm, I'm abiding in him, am I living, loving, and looking like Jesus? That's what that verse means. Every day. Over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about what does it mean to live like Jesus, to love like Jesus, and what does it mean to look like Jesus. We're going to make it super practical. But for today, it's great for abiding as a church but are you abiding individually? And that's what I want to leave you with today. There's some abiding action steps for you. The first one is this, is to pray. Start every day with a prayer of thanksgiving. As soon as you wake up. Why? Thanksgiving brings us into the presence of God. I come into his presence with thanksgiving. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you that today's the day you've made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you that things go in my favor today. Help me represent you today. Jesus, thank you for another day to make an impact for your kingdom. Start every day with thanksgiving. Second one is read. I got to make a habit of reading God's word. Not just the verse of the day on the Bible app, okay? But read his word. If you're looking for a place, read the book of John. I've been going through this past couple months and it's amazing. Go through the book of John. And the last one is meditate. I'm not talking about sitting in a corner making a weird noise or sitting in some yoga pose somewhere. I'm not talking about that, okay? 
Meditate in the Hebrew, it means a couple things. It means to, to speak and to think or to dwell. I need to be speaking and thinking about God's word throughout my day. Not just for my quiet time in the morning, but as I'm driving, as I'm going to the job site, as I'm stepping into this meeting, as I'm mowing the yard, as I'm playing with my kids, am I meditating on his word day and night, speaking and thinking? Man, as we talk more about this over the next little bit, you're going to realize that abiding is all throughout God's word, especially in the New Testament. You're going to see it pop up, especially if you're reading the New King James Version. It's everywhere. It's all over the place. We're going to talk more about it as we go into these next several weeks. Like I said, next week, we're going to talk about what does it mean to live like Jesus and how do we do that practically as a church. Before we wrap up, though, let me pray really quick. Heavenly Father, thank you once again for this beautiful day that you've given us. God, I pray right now for everyone in this room, everyone that's listening on the podcast. Father, I pray that you have speak to our hearts today, that you've opened our eyes to the importance of abiding in you, that without you, we can do nothing. But God, help us realign our focus to you. And this week, as we pray, as we read, as we meditate, your word promises that we will become fruitful, not doing our own thing, but being more like you, being more Christ-like. And Father, I just pray that as we do that, that you would open our eyes to people that need you. Open our eyes to our family members, to, to our, our friends, to our coworkers that are far from you. And as we are become more Christ-like, help us be a light to them and make an impact in their lives. We thank you for it. Thank you for a great week ahead of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Home Church Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out homechurchtulsa.com.